You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Waiting in the middle, and Jancic put a decent ball in. It's a deep one. Up goes McKenna, hit it back across, gone to the net. Kevin McKenna with the equaliser for Hearts. It's one all, and scenes of absolute joy in the away end. Hello, and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Middle Lothian. We'll always follow you, and if we win another cup, just like before, you'll hear the whole of Gorgie sing about the team we adore. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by Mark Donaldson. Laurie, I always try and have a positive outlook where possible on life, but I'm a little bit deflated following a, a Scottish Cup draw that could have seen us face Marks and Spencers or Aldi or Waitrose. And, of course, just like the Hearts women were drawn at home to Celtic. But then I thought, you know what? We could have had them in the semi-final in Glasgow if we got that far. We could have faced them in the final. And if we're going to beat Celtic, it's going to be at Tynecastle, I think. Now, on any given day, we saw the Craig Beatty penalty at Hamden. 1956, we beat them in the final as well. But it's probably the third worst of the draws. Celtic away, Rangers away, Celtic at home. We've got them at home, and we've we've got to beat them sometime. So the initial despondency isn't as bad as it was. It's still a shit draw. But you know what? It would be something else. And then I was messaging you and you're like, yeah, but it means we're going to probably have to beat Rangers if we beat Celtic too. And I was like, oh, come on, come on, come on. But yeah, we'll talk about the Scottish Cup draw. We'll talk about the Hamilton Ackies game. Look ahead to the Motherwell game, who's going to be their next manager. And um, and yeah, a lot a lot to talk about, but um, Friday was a good one. It was a good one. It was indeed. We will talk about Hearts Friday night victory in South Lanarkshire. We will, as Mark says, talk about the draw. We've got a bit of reaction from some of you on social media to that quarter-final draw against Celtic. We'll go through some of those and we'll discuss just what that game could mean for Hearts. And we'll look ahead to the game at Fir Park this coming Sunday as well. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. So it's Friday night football for Hearts in the live BBC match as they faced Hamilton Ackies in the Scottish Cup. Fifth round. Hearts have possession on the left with Cochrane. Barry Mackay in a bit of space. Midway inside the Ackies half. Slips it to Ginelli, edge of the box. Now Humphreys, left of the area. Takes on his man. Low shot under the goalkeeper. Yes! 
and he's had two chances but it's third time lucky for Stephen Humphreys who drills it low under goalkeeper Ryan Fulton for goal number five of the season and in the 29th minute it's Hearts number 29 who gives him the lead Hamilton Aki's nil Hart to Midlothian one Devlin tries to play it to Forrest who'll go after it towards the byline as well to keep it in. Oda can't get onto it. Devlin arrives in the box. Little break of the ball. Yes, Cammy. And I think Cammy Devlin gets the last touch. And Hearts finally double their lead. It's not been the best second half here, but Cammy Devlin, under the challenge of an Aki's player, looks to have forced it home. It certainly is a second goal for Hearts, and surely now one foot in the last eight. Hamilton nil, Hearts two. Right, so let's have a look at this game. First of all, preview the match itself. Uh, Aki's bottom of the championship, but like when we spoke to Dylan McGowan, of course, formerly of Hearts and now of Hamilton Aki's, who was our guest on the last podcast. On a reasonable run just now, unbeaten in six games in all competitions, um, despite the league position being bottom of the championship, just one defeat in the last seven at home as well in all competitions. Dylan McGowan, of course, one of the players starting against his former side in this game. Against the Hearts team who were missing Lawrence Shanklin, the captain who was suspended, as well as obviously quite a few players out injured. And Robbie Nielsen made four changes to his side that emerged victorious against Dundee United. Uh, Kai Rolls, Alan Forrest, Andy Halliday, and of course the suspended Lawrence Shanklin dropping out. And in came Michael Smith, George Grant, Alex Cochran, and Stephen Humphreys to lead the line. So it was that 3-4-3 shape, we will call it, the Hearts tend to play with Clark and Goals, Hill, Sibbett, Kingsley back three, Cochran left, Smith right, Grant in, captain for the night, Snodgrass in the centre, Mackay giving a bit more of a free role, we call it the number 10, I know we dropped a little bit deeper at times, and Janelli and Stephen Humphreys in attack, with Aki switching to a similar shape to Hearts, they've tended to play a back four under John Rankin, but uh, they went to about three with Dylan McGowan, of course, part of that back three. Former Hearts man Dario Zanata dropping to the bench. Connor Smith on loan from Hearts, unavailable. And Mark, it's a really impressive first half from Hearts here. I mean, you, you look at the lineup. Were you at all surprised by by Robbie's choices there? Obviously, missing Shanklin, we expected Humphreys to start, but a big chance for the likes of George Grant as well in the centre. Yeah. Yeah, n- not surprised, not really. I thought Cool might have a chance to start, but Humphreys we knew was, was going to start with, with Shanklin not available. Um, I don't think Janelli was that great. I'm sure we'll go on to speak about that. But as far as the starting lineup is concerned, obviously taking the game seriously, taking the opposition seriously, they have picked up despite being bottom of the league in the championship. But I think you're absolutely spot on. That first half. Now, is your glass half full or is your glass half empty? Those whose glass is half empty would say, I bet it's only Hamilton. Yeah, but you can only beat what's in front of you. Aberdeen would say it's only Darvel, and they get thumped, and, and well, not thumped, they get put out of the cup by them, and Falkirk tonight have, have thumped Darvel by five goals to one. So you, 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 have to, you have to be focused for a cup tie like this. It's a potential banana skin. Um, Paul Ritchie put a tweet out in the first half. By the way, at Jam Tarts are actually very effing good at times. I thought Hearts were outstanding mm-hmm. for long spells of that first half. I'm not going down that it's only Hamilton. John Rankin said post game that he adapted, sorry, he adopted the formation and the the tactics he did in the first half because they went to 120 minutes in midweek um, 
in the cup that they were playing in and he felt the, the, the legs were maybe a little bit heavy and he thought if he could keep it to to nil-nil or maybe one-nil down going at half time like that, then they could could have more of a go in the second half. And and that's what they, they did. The biggest concern would be from a hearts perspective that we only went in by one goal to nil up at the break. But I th- honestly, Laurie, I thought some of the football we played, the one-touch stuff, the movement, the options, the passing, I'm not in the category of it's only Hamilton. I'm in the category of, as Paul Ritchie said, by the way, jam tarts are actually very effing good at times. Forget the responses to the tweet, oh, but what about when you face Rangers at Tynecastle? Yeah, yeah, this is the world we live in. That first half, despite it being Hamilton, I thought hearts were exceptional. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Darvel. Uh, you know, beating Aberdeen, uh, Elgin City, looked like they might be beating Air United at one point in the weekend. Wraith Rovers beat Motherwell. Livingston got hammered at home to by a team that got Inverness. knocked out. Um, so, th- I think you're right. You can't. You can only be what's in front of you. And the tone was set very early. Opening sixty seconds, Hearts fly up the park. The wing backs, uh, you know, Smith and Cochrane combining. Uh, Humphreys ends up knocking it wide. Not. Um, a great finish in the end too, but it really it set that tone early on. Hearts were were threatening moving the ball around. Like you said, I love the the movement, the fluidity of positions. You know, Kingsley and Cochrane swapping around the midfield. We're swapping everywhere. Humphreys dropping in, Ginelli dropping in, Mackay doing whatever he wanted. Really, he's looking sharper again recently. Twenty um, third minute, after a few corners that had threatened, one fell to Humphreys who couldn't keep it down at the back post. Uh, James Hill had a shot that. That flew wide via deflection. It showed just how far Hearts are pushing up and how deep Aki's have been pushed back. You know, James Hill was picking up at the edge of the box and having shots on goal. Stephen Humphreys, who I, I enjoyed seeing uh, getting another start, I think just his seventh start, and had a header, which he maybe should have done a little bit better with, not the easiest one, but a nice ball from Kingsley, a little bit close to the goalkeeper. But then 60 seconds later, boom, opening goal. And it, it's it's nice build up again, good patient stuff from the back. Um, nice interchange between Mackay, Janelli, and then Humphreys, who just works on his left foot. And I do like this. They're the different players, Humphreys and Shanklin. But one thing with Humphreys, he just you can see when he gets the ball so often, he just he, he's got one thing on his mind, um, and he wants to get it down, get his, get towards goal, and get a shot off. And you're gonna have to question Ryan Foot on the Aki's goalkeeper. He shouldn't be beating at his near post, but hit a shot with decent power you're going to be testing the goalkeeper and you're playing a championship side with all due respect. If you get a decent shot in on, t- on target, there's a chance that even if it doesn't maybe go in, that you maybe just parries it, someone can follow up. Um, but one thing with one thing with the goal with Humphreys, it's three of his five goals in Ebony of his left foot, but he tells us that's his weaker foot. It's, it's, not, it's not too bad, is it? He's like Aaron Hickey, isn't he? They're kind of strong on, on both feet. It's arguable that he scored with one of the harder chances that he had. Because he could easily have yeah. had a first half hat trick. Back post with his right foot. Yeah. Like his weaker foot. <laughs> it did. Yeah, exactly. Um it begs the question. He's better than just coming off the bench for us. So how do we fit him in? I, I, I think way. it I think it depends on games. I, I I mean in certain matches, I'd happily play both of them. I mean I mean, you know, Shankland has turned into that kind of Boyce role at times since Boyce has been out in terms of he turns into that number 10, he drops in. I'd have no problem with having, you know, Ginelli drop out, for instance. I know he's been good in certain games, but just as an example, you could keep him in and maybe take Micaiah, but, you know, have 
you could have Mackay and Humphreys, um, sorry, Mackay and Shanklin rather, maybe the number 10s, Humphreys leading the line a bit more. Um, so I, I think there's room for, I think it's, I think it's just great to have those options. Yes. And I think, I mean, I posted, um, I don't know if you saw this one, I posted on, on Twitter uh, just the other day about injuries. How the fact, you know, I, th- I thought last season we were, on the whole, I know we had some injuries, um, but on the whole, we 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 were reasonably lucky. I thought with injuries, we didn't have a heap of players out at the same time. Um, this season's been very different, but I think it shows the sort of strength and depth. And I, I highlighted the fact that um, potential starters. So this is potential starting players, I'd say, who would be in with a chance of getting in that eleven who've missed at least five games with injury this season. So I've not included the likes of Mackay Stephen because he's missed over 20 games, but you wouldn't count him in that bracket. Beningame 36, Boyce 29, Halkett 28, Haring 19, Kingsley 14, Rolls 14, wow. Gordon 11, Michael Smith 6, Halliday 5. That's obviously all competition. So these are games missed due to injury. That's wow. a hu- 162 games missed Oof. between, what's that, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, between 9 players who you could say... And, well, all of them are probably start starters. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So this is when being analytical about it and saying not so much yes, it was only Hamilton. I, I'm still in the in the category of I don't think we've been where we could be. I think we're where we, we do enough. I think we have our moments like the first half there. Um but I still think we're a we're a decent bit away from where Robbie wants us to be. Now we gave ourselves some nervy moments and Robbie was not happy with the second half display um, at Hamilton. So will it? Is it just a case of will it come? Is it a case of we need players back for it to come? I'm not trying to poo-poo going through to the next round, but if, Robbie Nielsen is a coach that's got very high standards. Not hasn't been happy with a couple of the starts that Hearts have made to games of late, the Dundee United um, first half wasn't good enough. The, the Rangers game as a whole just wasn't good enough. The Hamilton second half wasn't good enough. So it's it's not a bad position to come from when that Rangers defeat is the only defeat that Hearts have had in, in quite some time. I mean, you, you go back and you go back to last year and you find the game at Ibrox on the 9th of November was the last time Hearts were beaten until Rangers came to, to Tyne Castle. So I think it's a good thing that you set these high standards it's not like you win 5 0, the manager's not happy because he wants you to win by more, or it's like Alex Ferguson after the cup final in 83 when they beat Rangers and he was pissed off because he felt this, that, or the other thing. I, I still think we've got gears that, that we can go up. But when we're doing that from a position of Scottish Cup quarter finalists and a team that's that's third in the league, I mean, what would Aberdeen give to be in our position right now? They were, and they screwed it up. So there's still there's still a lot of work to be done, but as you've just said, with the players that, that are out right now, I think we're doing fine with the players that we have available. And I want to go back to something that we had a conversation about a couple of weeks ago before the McGowan brothers were on. And I think I said, probably wrongly now, that there was maybe only one position up for grabs in that Hearts team when everyone that's available right now is available. And you said about Barry Mackay. I, I, I think there's more now. I think there's more players um, that are pushing for a regular start. Humphreys is certainly one of them. What did you make of George Grant at Hamilton, by the way? 
I liked him. I thought he was very tidy in the ball, and I think he offers something that a few of our central players don't offer, um, which, you know, it's, he has a little bit of that Mackay vision and, and desire to kind of get forward, play kind of passes that get hearts, you know, through the lines and attacking in the final third. But he's got a bit of bite about him as well. So I think he's got that nice balance. You know, Mackay is a bit of a luxury player at times. We'll drift in and out of games. Snodgrass is a very good player, but doesn't have the legs. So he can kind of sit and play passes around. But if they get, if you get players on top of him or he's expected to kind of do some of the running, uh, it, it just doesn't really work with him. And obviously we know the likes of, of Cammy Devlin is a good player and effective in certain things, but not on, on the ball. You know, his strengths are off the ball. Mm-hmm. So I, I like him. I think there's yeah. potential there with George Grant. I, I, I whether whether it's going to transpire that he will that he will end up being a regular player for Hearts and he'll end up being that player. I don't know. The same with Adam McInniff. I always liked Adam McInniff. I'm not saying I was there's just exact... about to mention Adam McInniff, similar yeah. well, similar type players, but is he a player that maybe needs a run of games? Because it's very difficult for a player in his position um to have much influence when you're only getting the last 20 minutes in games and if he is a player that we want to start alongside Snodgrass is it time for Barry Mackay to maybe be that guy at St Johnston coming off the bench and having an influence for the time being albeit it depends on the games that we're going to play I still think we need a bit more rigidity in the middle of the park to help Snodgrass out and if that person is George Grant does it have to be at the expense of Barry Mackay, who right now is probably someone that gives you one or two good halves out of every four? Is that fair? Potentially, yeah. I, I mean, you, Hearts were very good in that first half. When you look at the stats, and again, you can't always read into stats, but 79% possession, they had 14 shots to, to Aki's one, and Aki's had to commit eight fouls to Hearts one. I mean, obviously, the stats are stats. You've got to get context. But I think that was a fair reflection of just how dominant Hearts were. And that was largely because Hamilton sat off and the likes of Mackay and Grant and Snodgrass were able to play. The The wingbacks became those kind of attacking midfielders at times. It changed, obviously, the second half because Aki's, you know, whether John Rankin's just saying that because he can in hindsight or whether it w- was always by design, I don't know. But they came into it. They had a decent kind of 15, 20 minute spell. However, did Xander Clark have a real save to make? I don't Not think really. so. It was all fairly routine. Um, and obviously at that point, things got a bit trickier for Hearts because then when they get pushed back, you know, the likes of, of Mackay... Um, and he, and Snodgrass to an extent, you know, he's not def- he, he's not great defensively because he's not got the legs. So you don't want him having to chase back and make challenges. Um, that's when they become it becomes more difficult. And I thought the changes, you know, it showed some of the, you know, Alan Forrest came on fifty eighth minute. Devlin Atkinson and, and Oda as well all came on. I thought Forrest really seemed to struggle. I wasn't quite sure what we were trying to do with Forrest when he yeah. came on. He was playing in a that kind of number ten role almost. It just wasn't coming off for him. Credit to him though, he sticks at it and he's obviously plays a big part in Hearts getting the second sure. goal. Um, so yeah, some little concerns there, but it's funny, we've talked about this with a few Hearts games where, you know, the Hibs Cup game, for instance, where yeah, we were winning, but there was a big spell in the middle where Hibs looked to be on top a little bit and they were testing us, etc. 
because we are starting games quite well at times and getting ahead, it changes the complexion of games. You know, if Hamilton Ackies had scored, I'm sure Robbie would have changed things and we would have had to mix it up. If Hibbs had equalised in the cup game when, when obviously they were on top and they were getting chances, we would have had to adjust again. It's why I hate expected goals for teams. Oh, horrible. Because I, I, now I actually think expected goals for individual players has some merit because you're saying, well, if that striker's expected goal is 10 and he's only got three, he's missing big chances. I understand that to an extent. And the same way if a striker's got 15 goals and expected goals were only eight, he's being very clinical. For a team, it you can't really read into because if a team's constantly losing... Yeah. Their XG keeps going up because they're constantly having to attack and oh, no, throw balls in the box. It's it's it, you, you can't read into that in in my eyes. Um, and in terms of teams not playing well for full games, I mean, even even Celtic Rangers. You look at Celtic Rangers the weekend. I watched the. No, I know, I know. I watched most of their games. You know, Celtic, although they beat St. Mirren five one until the last what, quarter of an hour when St. Mirren went a player down. Yeah, I thought in the first half St. Mirren looked. Reasonably well. I think Celtic would have probably felt they weren't at it first half and they only really got clear when it went 11 v 10. Rangers against Park Thistle. Park Thistle were great for much of that game. I think they obviously ran out of legs in the end as the game wore on. But you know, again, first half, Rangers weren't at it. They were 1-0 down and Thistle were really testing them. You know, fair play. But they got you know, both these teams got through because they have quality players and I think that's the same with Hearts. It's not many teams you can see you watch and they play no, no, I get fantastically that. for 90 minutes, week in, week out, even against no, opposition. They're better. And we're hearts. We're heart Midlothian Football Club, right? We're the third best team in Scotland, right? So there's, there's two better teams than us on a more consistent basis. There, there isn't that right. Hearts always do that. And then they always do that because it is a mixed bag. Dundee United first half, awful. I think the manager deserves a lot of credit for the changes that he made in the second half, bringing on Humphreys for Forrest at half-time, and then Grant and Cochran and Cool for Halliday, Rolls and Hill. And I thought they all had a big impact, the four changes that, that he made. Um, second half against Hal. This is a difficult one for me in that I think the players deserve some... Uh, maybe I'm not... What's the word I'm looking for? Some leeway. Because when you've had the 14 shots that you mentioned and everything like that, psychologically, it's like, this is, this is case, too easy, but a second goal will come. And then you get a fright. And it's not as easy as just flick a switch. Shit, they've come back into it. It's about managing the games. And although Hamilton had their moments, I'm with you. I didn't feel there was many parts of that second half where I felt... Oh no, we're we're going to concede here. I felt that in other games, so I think we have streetwise players, but we we're not a team that always starts games well or always starts games poorly. It's a mixed bag. Now the holy grail for Robbie is to get the perfect performance. How many times in a season does a manager get that from his team? Most probably never among the the majority of teams in a league. So what we have to do is is we have to have a standard that's set, and that standard is good enough to to be the third best team in the league and hopefully do something in a cup competition. We'll speak about the cup draw. I think right now, if we're perfectly happy with where we are in the league, looking down on, on the rest and through the last eight of the cup, while only having been 
at our best on a handful of occasions, that's pretty good consistency. So we have an ability nowadays to find a way when we're maybe not at our best. That is a good habit to have. Now, are we one bad defeat against a Motherwell side that's struggling um, on on Sunday from the Robbie Brigade going, uh, popping their heads back up? We always seem to be that way at halftime in the Dundee United game, following on from an insipid display against Rangers where the manager got his team selection and his tactics wrong. But we can look at it the other way and, and a 3-0 cup win at Easter Road. If we'd been knocked out the cup, and then we got to Livingston, we hadn't won. And then we'd been thumped 3-0 by Rangers. It it can quickly go wrong. Look at Aberdeen. So I'm, I'm happy-ish right now with where hearts are, but I'm also pretty optimistic that Robbie Nielsen can get this team to be playing a lot better, more consistently than they are right now. And if so, and hopefully with European football next season in, in the group stage, don't want to get too carried away, but then we can be look at closing the gap on Rangers right now. Because they're the second best team in Scotland. Celtic are much better than them. Rangers should be our target, but the 1st of February show, we are miles away from that. Our first mm-hmm. target should not be trying to catch Rangers. Our first target should be make sure that we are the third best team by a fair distance. And after we've got that resolved and we've got the better players coming in as a result of Europe and the increased fundings, then we look at trying to close the gap on Rangers. Because right now, we don't have the consistency that teams like Celtic have and, to an extent, Rangers have. Tammy Devlin added a second, 11 minutes to go. Alan Forrest did very well to get to quite a poor Cammy Devlin passed him, kept in, got the cross in, and Cammy Devlin... Get to second of the season, third in total for Hearts. Basically, a tackle, really, in the end, um, which is very, <laughs> very Cammy Devlin. I thought, it, I thought it worth mentioning though as well before we move on from the the Aki's game. Um, Hearts fans, it was the biggest away support at really? Hamilton since their ground opened over twenty years ago. Uh, the the ZLX Stadium, as it's currently called, or New Douglas Park, if you want to keep it more simple. Um, three thousand seven hundred twenty-seven fans. Um, for Hearts, they almost outnumbered Aki's, the home fans, by about four to one. For a and game live on TV, on, on council Friday, TV as yeah. well, Friday night. Friday night, I thought was tremendous. T- and uh, some more great songs. I think it's one of the things that's great about um, you know the Gorgie Ultras and their, imp- their impact on the Hearts support isn't just the atmosphere and the noise um, and the fact they're obviously making it more enjoyable, not just if you're in the end, but I think you know, if I'm watching it, if I'm at a game in the... In the commentary area, probably if, if you're at home watching it on TV, you, it's it's great to see as well the the noise and the colour. But also because they've got such a very creative songbook now, it seems to have really helped get rid of a few of the songs that we don't want to hear. Um, and that's what I was making a bad reference to in my opening to this episode was one of the the next new songs, um, which has been which was ringing out from the away ends at Aki's throughout Friday, which goes along to a, a scooter tune, which is why you'd be very familiar with it, Mark Donaldson. What the fuck is a scooter? <laughs> is, that, I mean, is, that like a, is that is that a musical band or something like that? Or is it something <laughs> that kids play on? A musical band? Um, is that a three-piece uh, or a four-piece? Who's the cellist? 
It's 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 a German musical band, as you what? put it. Um, like Lena. Like come 99 on, you, Red Oh, no, you come on, you you know the logical song and all that. You know who Scooter are. Don't even pretend you Anyway, that's not the point. You don't need to like the actual original song, but I, I just Scooter. I like the I just I just love the creativity and I think it's been so positive. And again, I think on um on Friday from the away end, it was just evident again that Hearts fans are in a very good place just now. Yeah. Hearts is a big part of, of supporters' weeks. Going to the game, being with your pals, coming up with new songs. Um just the whole experience right now is an integral part, considering where we've been. Not we as Hearts fans. We, as in human beings in general, over the last three years, we went through, I mean, you were lucky, or unlucky, depending on the game, but you were at most of the games, even when they were behind closed doors. What we would have given back then, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things about taking life for granted, or taking things for granted. You don't want to sit in a soapbox and go all holier than thou, or all that pish. But we would have given a lot to be back at the football when we couldn't go. And thankfully we had Hearts TV, we had your commentary and everything like that. So we were we were able and we looked forward to it because we didn't have much none of us had much to 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 kind of in our diaries during the, the, the COVID months. Um so it was a big part of, of our uh of our week, of our lives. And I'm delighted to see that now everything is semi back to normal that it's still a huge part. Of, of our life's Heart Midlothian Football Club. There's no point in saying, oh, would it be like this if we weren't as successful or doing as well or not, not being in Europe? The togetherness I found in Switzerland, the excitement, the social... <coughs> oh, excuse me. The social media posts of being in St. Gallen, being in the bars, drinking with Hearts fans, and the jealousy of those other Hearts fans that, for whatever reason, couldn't make it to Switzerland, right? There's no way I'm going to make sure that I'm not going to miss out on going to Riga or going to Florence or going to Istanbul. And it's the, the Hearts fans this season have been utterly phenomenal. They they really have been. Now, yes, I know there's there's the kind of having a go when when things aren't right. That when when you've got the majority of your games sold out and pretty much every every game at Tynecastle sold out, you do have with that the more people you have, the more likely you have of of the, the negative Nellies having a go when, when things aren't right. But if you set the bar higher than than normal, that's what you're going to get. So yes, success can can breed additional interest. But with that comes additional prying eyes that might not be happy at what they're seeing because they expect better. I'm all for that. That's up to the players to to kind of get better and to ensure that there isn't a repeat of the Rangers' performance or the, the first half against Dundee United. But I read out a few tweets last week right at the start that were sent out at halftime of the Dundee United game and it was all this negative, that and that negative. Hearts won the game 3-1 in the end. So we turned it around. Now that's what that's what we're after, and the supporters have played a big part in that. And we can discuss if if we hit a a bad patch over a prolonged spell, not just a draw at Livy and a poor performance against Rangers and a first half against Dundee United. I'm talking going weeks. I'm I'm talking about the 
the the fixtures that Hearts used to have, where our only away win was in Edinburgh at Easter Road prior to, I think Dundee was the last time we won away from home. And had it not been for Hibs away, it was probably nearly a year or something like that. We're much better than we were, but we've still got a long way to go. But I think part of the reason why we've improved our form is the backing of the supporters this season. And to have, what, three, 4,000 now on the waiting list? The one thing I would say is, and I don't know if it's the, the club or, or whoever, when there's a close-up of a corner or anything to do with the first couple of rows, maybe of the Gorgie stand um, or the main stand, and you see the empty seats, and there's a few empty seats, and for a sellout there shouldn't be. I don't know who's responsible, but if we can work together to come up with some semblance of making it easier for people who can't attend that might have bought tickets or are season ticket holders to ensure that others, whether they're on the waiting list or whatever, can easily get those tickets, then we might not see. And that that's, look, that's a tiny little thing. But wouldn't it be great if you get close up of a corner when you're doing the commentary and you can't see any empty seats in a game at Time Castle because those that couldn't attend were able to sell their tickets easily for face value to let other heart supporters in. Forrest Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Okay, let's move on to the Scottish Cup quarter final draw that happened on. Monday dinner time on social media for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, we've got, we've had such a an exciting Scottish Cup this season. You know, we had a big Edinburgh Derby, we've had some big shocks. Um, and, you know, Scottish fans are really getting into Scottish football this, this season uh, as a whole, which I think is great. They don't have to make it hard to try and sell a game, do they? You know, you've got right. a weekend of... A weekend of some big games and, you know, you think, oh, when's the draw going to be? Maybe maybe, maybe Saturday after the, the big live game. No, Sunday after the next. No. All right. Okay. Well, you're leaving it as you probably should, leaving it till the after the final game on Monday evening, the big, no, you know, the big no, no. giant killers darvel. So it'll be after that, won't it? No, it's, it's on Monday, but it's at half past five when people are still going back from work. What channel's on? It's not on TV. But you can go on social media and find a stream. I mean, it's what's, it's, the, what's, what's the name of the competition this season? The Scotch Cup. <laughs> there's no sponsor in there, is there? As far as I'm aware, if, if, if there of is, of course, there's no sponsor. You're right. It is the Scottish Cup. We do not have a sponsor. Oh, but the Premier League didn't have a title spot. That's the Premier League. Billions and billions of money that come in the Scottish Cup. Well, the what's got William Hill? No. Tenants? No. Uh, who else? No. It's just the Scottish Cup. Uh, right. And as Laurie says, so it's on TV. Which game is it going to be before? No. So I tuned in, right? Because I wanted to see who we got. First of all, it was the women's draw. Fine. No problem with that whatsoever. We've got an opportunity to boost the women's game. And I think over the last two to three years, the trajectory of interest in the women's game. Uh, I mean that that is just the the graph is is just continuing to shoot up. So all for that. Don't do the women's draw after the men's draw because the minute the men's draws there, there'll be a handful 
that are interested in the women's game that will probably want to stay tuned in. But women's draw first, perfect. No problem with that whatsoever, right? But that could have been on TV. That could have easily been on TV. When I tuned in, I tuned in about, well, over here it was 12.28, 5.28 your time, 2050. Come the draw, just over 5,000. That's nothing. Well, okay, if you got it on TV, you could help the sponsor. We don't have a bloody sponsor. There's so much wrong with our game that to still get the attendances and everything that, that teams do, to still have the interest, to still have the travelling supporters going through to Hamilton, nearly 3,800 of them on a Friday night, the game has to give back something to people that are putting money, time, effort into Scottish football. Because Scottish football might not be the best league in the world, far from it. But I love Scottish football. For the headlines it produces, for what clubs get paid, for what TV rights that we have and this, the deal that was that was done, we are... <laughs> We are so much in the backwaters of, of global football in, in Scotland because we've got the wrong people in charge. And turkeys don't vote for Christmas, so that ain't going to change anytime soon. We've got an 11-1 voting structure in the SPFL in the top flight. That ain't going to change anytime soon. It's a mess. But we have to do it in spite of all this. And then you're thinking, it's going to be Celtic, isn't it? Well, if it's not going to be Celtic, it's going to be... No, it's going to be Celtic. First two ties, or the first tie that comes out, you think, okay, well, right, okay, there's six teams left, and there's still Rangers, Celtic, and Hearts that are in there. Hearts at home, happy days, right? Air United, maybe Darvel or Falkirk, yeah. Kelly, take that in a Celtic, Jesus, and they're going to get the entire away end, which they used to get, but they haven't got of late because it's twenty percent for the away team. Yeah, so they're going to get the away end in full, which was fine. We would have taken a, a lot through if, if it'd been at Celtic Park, but. It just everything's compounded by the draw. I wouldn't have had the rant I've just had if it was Hearts against Inverness at home or or whatever. But Scottish Cup, take a look at yourself, Scottish Football Association. Take a look at yourself, Scottish Premiership, and do better for us, the paying public, because you're a you're a joke right now, and it's not going to get better. Oh, let's have six cameras from far. Come on, let's introduce it midway through a season. There are so many things wrong with Scottish football. Yeah, in terms of the draw, uh, yeah. the women's draw ended up being the same as the men's draw. Hearts got Celtic yeah. in the Scottish Women's Cup quarterfinal, and then out came the men's teams, and it was Hearts against Celtic as well. We got um, a few tweets reacting to this. Peter Douglas said, you'll always have to beat one of them to win a cup. A one-off game at Tiny, a, a really tough game, but why not? Did anyone see us ending the Rodgers Invincible run when we did? I hope we limit their allocation of tickets, obviously. Um we can't do that as such. They will get the full away end. In terms of that point, Peter makes, um, I know that to an extent. So, I mean, there's one train of thought. I know you've mentioned it about you're going to have to beat one of them. Uh, I was looking back at previous cup wins. So, in terms of non-old firm sides winning the cup um, in the last, well, just over a quarter of a century. Yes, most have had to beat at least one of Rangers Celtic, although Hearts in 2006 and St Johnston in 2014 both managed to win the Cup without without having to yep. play either Rangers or Celtic. So it does happen. I, I think for me, and I know you 
I know you did mock it slightly. I, I suppose, yes, we're going to have to play one of them. Celtic, as you say, are miles ahead of Rangers. I would have rather give Rangers a crack at them first, because although Celtic are miles ahead, if Rangers had got Celtic at Ibrox in the quarterfinal, there's a chance. That's the oh, of course. most Rangers, a chance Rangers they raise their game. Yeah, and Rangers will look. Rangers will probably be happy that they've got a nice home draw against Wraith, and Celtic have got away at Hearts, which, other than playing them, is the next hardest fixture for them to get. I would rather have had the potential for Celtic getting knocked out and us maybe getting. And I know playing Rangers at Hamden, we're still going to be big underdogs. We've not got a good record against them either, but I don't rate Rangers in terms of the grand scheme of things that much. Celtic terrify me at times at the moment. So yeah, why not? We can we can beat Celtic. Um, why did out of interest, why did he terrify you? This isn't Larson and Sutton and Hartson or Vidukan back in the day. This is a side that are decent and they're clearly the best team in Scottish football. But I wouldn't say they terrify me. Uh, I mean other than their ridiculous domestic form and plus 60 goal difference that they have in the league. I mean, against us, we've lost 15 of our last 16 games against them. Um, yeah, but that's a mindset issue. Our last that, three that's... Scottish Cup draws against at home to Celtic, 14-0 aggregate loss. Yeah, I mean, okay, we were 3-0, uh, sorry, 1-0 down in three minutes in the 7-0 game, but this is our Cup final. Oh, and that's the way. Look, that, that's the way we've got to do it. Because look, Laurie, I, I remember going to. I'm not saying we're defeated, but that's I, they. They just they they they. No, I know. That's I, I know. Team. But look, we we had a chance in the Scottish Cup final against the Rangers side that just gone 120 minutes in in massive heat in Seville, and lost so emotionally all over the place, and we played into their hands. I think it's a mindset thing, and I think it's a tactics thing from the coaching staff when we play the the old firm and. Again, it's it's easy to kind of say everything in the world is 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 great when when you're on the back of a win and you can get carried away, and we're guilty of that here. We're guilty of of predictions and heart Celtic. No doubt, we'll both predict Hearts win somehow after extra. Where it comes to that, no, that's what we do. That's 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 what we do. Um, but for us, it's a cup final, and that's the way we should treat this. And the reason I say that is because the last time we beat Celtic in the Scottish Cup, in a game that wasn't at Hamden, it's still a game I remember to this day, but it took place in February 1987. I mean, that's what, 36 years ago. John Robertson, that's, 10 minutes to go. That'll be the only know, time we've beaten Celtic at home in the Scottish Cup. Yeah, but it was it was Ever. brilliant. It, it was absolutely brilliant. If it's a goal I remember, it was the... The right-hand side was the free kick, took a little nick off one of the men on the wall and went beyond Packy Bonner, I think it was. I haven't looked back at that goal for, for quite some time. Um, but I think it was I think it was that one. Um massive, massive crowd, nearly 29,000 at the game. And it, it, that was a that was a Celtic side that the following year would go on and do the double. They would beat us in the in the semi-final. Um of the, the Scottish Cup and in their centenary year they would win the double. So at the time they were up there. I mean that was the time when Rangers were bringing in the big boys from from down south. But that was a scalp. So why can't this be again? Do I think we'll win? It's unlikely, but we've got a chance. 
but we can't yeah. fear them. And we we lost four three to them earlier this season. Now, yeah, they should have had a penalty and whatever that it wasn't given, but we had a goal, and it's that kind of freestyle when when we kind of everything goes out the window, you're a goal down, you just you, you whatever instinct takes over, and you give it a damn good goal. So, I love the fact that there's no replays now because that gives them. I mean, like, you 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 take Celtic to a replay in a Scottish Cup, having drawn the first game at home. No, for, forget about it. So it's it's go for it. It's ninety minutes. It's one hundred and twenty minutes. They don't terrify me. They'll probably win, but you know what? We're due. We are due a win against the old firm. So why not? In that game, uh, some more reaction to um, the fresh prince of grey hair just says cool hat trick. <laughs> uh, Alistair Dobby says annoyed. Uh, I get we would need to play them or the other arse cheek at some point. Just annoyed that we have them now. Um, Robert Martin says more beatable than Rangers at Tynecastle on this season's evidence. Uh, Kenny says while the draw could have been better for both teams, I take the view that you have to beat them sometime. There is no place better to do that than Tynecastle. Get right into them. Uh, HM Fox Charlie, at least it's tiny. Uh, Mark Dixon says at home, have a better chance, I suppose. Um, Alan says predictably pish. Uh, Mark Wells says got to beat them to win it in my opinion might as well do it in Gorgie saving us a trip to Hamden if we win you just never know uh, Jamie Devlin says the good thing is it's at home obviously slightly better chance playing them at Tiny than at Celtic Park if we've got to win the cup we know we have to beat the old firm at some point this gives us a chance to get uh, out of the way before Hamden um, Robbie says there's always next year uh, Becky Davies says Pump twice in a week. Great. And that's a good point. That's a good point as well, because we actually have to play Celtic at Celtic Park um, on the 8th. So at, as things stand, three days before, we don't know, obviously, if the Celtic game will get moved to a different day or time, whatever, for TV. But we will play them well, a few days before. Yeah, it's not going to be on the Sunday, because Hearts Celtic going up against Scotland, Ireland at Murrayfield would not be allowed by the cops, and they ain't changing Scotland, Ireland. So right now, it's, it looks like nothing's been confirmed as yet. We know that it's going to be on Viaplay, Premier Sports, or whatever they're called, because they basically take the old firm. Um, they don't have a Friday night slot or a Monday slot. That's been the BBC. All four games are going to be on the telly. So it seems like it's going to be the Saturday. Is it going to be a 12, 12.30 kickoff, or is it going to be a 5.30 kickoff? I mean, that that's pretty much what it, what it seems to be right now. But Celtic at home... Um, on the back of Celtic away with Aberdeen away to follow and then Kilmarnock away to follow. That's a pivotal four games in Hearts season. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, we'll also preview the, the Celtic Cup game a little bit more when we get close to that stage, but certainly that's it drawn. Hearts against Celtic in the quarterfinals. Uh, Falkirk, Air United, Inverness, Kilmarnock and Rangers, Wraith Rovers, the other matches. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Hearts' next opponent is League Duty, again, as they travel to play Motherwell on Sunday, a game at Fir Park, uh, against a side who have only won one of their last 15 league games, just uh, lost 3-1 in the Cup as well to Wraith Rovers at the weekend. 
However, Mark, they've sacked Stephen Hamill just after it. And you know, I always like to say I don't like playing a team immediately after losing their manager. We're not. Um, We're not. So you, Mirren go there midweek. Okay, well, shortly after losing their manager. Um, I was I was happy to see St. Men go in there midweek because I'm the same. I do not like first game in touch because how many times do you see it? Shit players suddenly become decent players because they don't have that voice. They've got a different voice shouting at them and changing them. Yeah, do you know, I looked at actually out of interest because we were talking about this. I know they play St. Men in next, but, but, but we were talking about this and um, I looked over this season and last season at some of the... So not changes that have happened in the summer. So not new bosses have come in and had... You know the summer break to yeah. to make changes, but when managers have left mid season, mm-hmm. um, so this season, uh, let's go back towards the start of the season. Graham Alexander was mutual consented after that's what I like to call it after mutual you consent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you not remember? Um, I've just got a little tangent. Uh, when only an excuse used to be good back in the day, and it was Fergus McCann was the um, Celtic. Uh, obviously the Celtic, was he CEO, chief exec, whatever his position was. He was the boss. Yeah. And I can't remember what manager it was who he was um, going to be relieving of their duties, but he, they came in and he went, hello, it's like, just to let you know, you're resigned. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so Graham Alexander was resigned after a European loss to Sligo Rovers. Next game, they won a way to St Mirren in the league, um, ironically. Submitted in the league. Um, Jack Ross was sacked after the 9 0 pumping by Celtic. Next game, United beat Livy in the League Cup. Mm. Um, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst uh, was sacked uh, during the World Cup break after a 1 1 draw with St. Mirren. Uh, Michael Beale won the next game in charge against Hibs. That's a bit of a different situation, really, isn't it? But still, won the next game. Um, Jim Goodwin was sacked. Uh, Barry Robson loses his first game um, as caretaker manager. Three one at home to St Mirren. However, so what's that? Three wins, one one defeat this season. Last season I had a look as well. I was going through. Stephen Gerrard left for Villa. Giovanni Van Bronck, of course, lost his first game um, as Rangers boss. Although he was sitting in the stand anyway. Uh, but they lost the next game, three one to Hibs in the League Cup semi final. Um, Jack Ross was sacked by Hibs. Drew the next game with St Mirren. Stephen Glass sat by Aberdeen, who drew the next game with St Johnston. Um, this is a good one, James. Remember James McPate got sacked by Dundee? Yes. Uh, they they just beaten us at Tynecastle. They won in the Cup as well the next game. They then lost the next game to Celtic. Um, they lost the game after that 4-0 at home to Livingston. In fact, after sacking the manager, who just won two games in a row, they didn't <laughs> win for 12 games. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that one didn't work out. Uh, St Mirren lost Goodwin to Aberdeen. The next game was a 1-1 draw with Livy. Hibs sacked Sean Maloney after Hearts battered them twice and they won their next game against St Mirren. It always seems to be St Mirren. So last season, actually only one of the games, a one out of six, saw the team that lost their manager actually win the next game. Weird, isn't it? I remember back in 1919, I've still got the... That was a really pointless bit of research, but there you go. No, it wasn't. It wasn't, so I'm going to take it on. From there, uh, Alan McDonald lost his job. Sandy Clark was an interim charge. Joe Jordan was appointed his first home game in charge. We beat Dundee United by goal to nil. Our only previous win in nearly a month had been the Easter Road by three goals to nil. Well, that didn't count back then because we always beat them at Easter Road. So we beat Dundee United by one one goal to nil. And here's this 
um, tall, gangly, what age would I have been? 13-year-old um, with his arm outstretched trying to get Joe Jordan's autograph in the, the old family enclosure. And the, the snapper from the Evening News has got a picture of me and three other lads um, getting Joe Jordan's autograph. Again, having been thumped 3-0 in, uh, the, the week before against Celtic. Oh, look, new voice new ideas or whatever and suddenly a, a what it's it is it's a new manager bounce and it, it happens so often that's why i'm glad that st Mirren and we're recording this monday so i'm intrigued to see what is going to happen in that game because in a way the way the league table is right now we want motherwell to to probably certainly not lose but maybe get all three points as far as keeping st Mirren where they are in sixth place but do we want Motherwell winning the game going into the game against Hearts? Probably not. So I'd sign up for a draw right now yeah, between I was Motherwell say. and and, uh, and St Mirren this midweek. Give it a wee draw. I, I mean, in terms of the game itself, and we're talking about the manager, um, it's obviously only one element to, to factor sure. in. Hearts won 3-0 last visit to Fir Park, but it was a scoreline that flattered Hearts, to be fair. Um, <laughs> prior to that game, Motherwell won three in a row against Hearts at Fir Park and they'd won four in a league four in the league against Hearts at home um, last meet was that 3-2 victory for Hearts in November when Hearts went down to 10 men at 0-0 they really dug that one out very well they did. Yeah, they did. 2-0 up pegged back to 2-2 10 minutes left and a late Lawrence Shanklin penalty won it so <laughs> the games have been fairly tight um this season and in terms of recent games at Fir Park, we've never really been that comfortable despite that last scoreline. So is it a game where we look to twist the knife against a side who have been poor this season? Now let's get like I don't I think Motherwell are a very poor side right now. You know, they might get a little bit of a new manager or a caretaker manager bounce. You just don't know. Um over the last two seasons, what does that make it out as? Uh four wins, three defeat three draws and three defeats out of the managerial changes mid-season so you just don't know it, it always feels like teams get a bounce but ultimately it's hit or miss I'd certainly like to see us take the game to them similar to what we did against Hamilton obviously Hamilton are bottom of the championship um, division below however I, I, I think the same applies really against a team low in confidence they might get a little boost if they get a decent result against St Mirren but they've still been struggling so I think with the players we have, the attacking options we have, the capability we have to get at teams, I'd like to see us start in a similar way and move the ball in quickly and get at Motherwell and hopefully get ourselves in a position where we're we're in front by maybe one or two goals. 100%. 100%. I was looking at their lineup for their Scottish Cup tie at Wraith Rovers. Now, I like Van Veen as a striker. and I know he's I, li- scored. I, I listened to this game as well and it sounded like Wraith Rovers. So Motherwell came into it in the second half, but it was similar to what we're talking about there. Raythor's really got at them in the first period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sounded like they deservedly got ahead. Motherwell uh-huh. came back into it, but they were obviously already behind and a bit shell-shocked. So, yeah, Wraith really got at them in that first period from the, the radio coverage. And I think momentum's such a huge thing in, in, in any sport. And when you don't have it and you've got someone in your face and you, and you lose a goal and you're like, oh, God. And Gullen scored after 17 minutes with a penalty to put Wraith ahead. And... And they, they kind of kicked on from there. But I was looking at the Motherwell side, and as much as I like Van Veen, who on his day can be a big handful, I thought to myself, Obika, 
I know that name. <sighs> and uh, yes, yeah, he's the guy that scored the goal in the last game that Hearts played prior to the demotion. Um, the St. Mirren, former St. Mirren striker, his goal in the 1-0. And I thought he scored other goals against Hearts and he had. I think it was a 5-2 game that Hearts beat St. Mirren in November 2019. So, yeah, I mean, there's something about playing against a side that you've got a good record against. Stephen Fletcher enjoys playing against Hearts, always seems to do well. Um, and we'll have players. I mean, Robbo used to love playing against Tebb. Scatchell used to love playing against St. Mirren. But Obika, we, we've got to ensure they don't get that much of the ball. Um, he's, he's He came up, I think it was during the January transfer window from Morecambe, and he's all, already kind of in the team. Um, but I'd be disappointed if we don't win. I mean, just because they get someone else coming in the door, whether it's interim or on a permanent basis by the weekend, and I don't know what, what the latest is with them, there's a reason they are where they are in the table. Um, there's a reason that they've only got 20 points and they're joint bottom with, with Dundee United. They don't score many goals, but you know what? They could have scored four or five against Hearts at Fur Park in that game. It's just it was It was the weirdest of games. I don't think we deserve to lose the game at Fur Park, but it wasn't a 3-0 game. They had so many chances, and, and Lady Luck was smiling on us that day. But they were more informed going into that game earlier in the season, um, back in September, uh, than than um, than they are right now. So I think if, if we're at our best or close to our best, I'd be disappointed if we don't get all three points at Fur Park on, on Sunday. Are you starting Humphreys and Shankland? Or if not, who isn't playing? So, the game against Wraith Rovers, they went 4-3-3. Um, again, I don't want to go down the, well, castigating someone for worrying too much about the opposition and then immediately looking at their side. <laughs> what am I doing? I want them to start. Now, if that means that Shanklin's playing just off him, then 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 fine. I am going to start Humphreys over Barry Mackay. I think this could be a game that Barry could do something coming off the bench. Now, I know Josh Janelli wasn't great at Hamilton, but he does have the pace. We, You take Josh Janelli out of that Hearts team, and if you don't put Kual in, there are... A probably pedestrian at best side, as as far as where's the where's the game changer, where's the pace. Um, so I'm keeping Janelli in, and I'm I'm playing Humphreys through the middle, but I'm playing Shankland behind him, just to the left. That's gonna that's gonna put more onus on Alex Cochran, but I think he's the unsung hero. He's one of my favourite players at Hearts. Mm-hmm. And I love the energy that, that he has. I don't know what the rest of the team's going to be, but this is this is what I'd do. Um I'd I'd go probably three five two or three four one two. And if it's or or three four two one even, um, with Janelli and McCann. But that kind of thing. Three at the back, four in midfield. I think we need more support for whether it's George Grant or whoever it is, Halliday or, or Devlin, I just think we need to be more rigid in there because if I'm Motherwell, whoever their coach is, I'm, I'm putting two men on Shankland immediately because we've seen what teams can do when they do that. 
So I'm going Humphreys as the the, the, the target man. How do you bench someone that's scored in these last two games? I don't think you can. And I'm starting Mackay on the bench to bring him on. What are you doing? I definitely start them both. I mean, Shanklin only missed Hamilton because he was suspended. He's the captain just now. He's going to be back in. He's on on the team sheet. Yeah, of course. He's in that 11. Humphreys has scored two goals the last two games, one of them from his own bloody half. Uh, You just, I think you're right. You can't, you, you can't, not start them both, in my opinion. So who's your right wing back? Because we've got Cochrane at left wing back. I'm not having Gino as a, a right wing back. No, I'm having him as one of the front Smith three. is fit. If Smith is fit, he's the right wing. Smith back. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. If he's fit, our, obviously it's some. Our three at the back. That's fine. Our three at the back are are who Rolls have come in. I think Rolls they didn't take a chance on him because he had a was that a toe injury or something? Yeah, that he probably could have played, but plastic pitch. So Rolls, Sibic, Hill. Simple as that. So is Kingsley is Kingsley sitting, very, sitting this one out? Very difficult because I thought Kingsley was much better against Hamilton. I think we, we said he's had poor games recently and he probably know that himself, but I thought he looked like the Stephen Kingsley we know against Aki's and I like that swap in between him yeah. and Cochrane. You know, at times Cochrane tucks into the back three and Kingsley I I I don't I don't think in a game where I this is a game where I want to see us attacking, I liked Kingsley and Cochrane in the left in that first half. And although Kai Rolls is a very good defender, he doesn't offer that same outlet going forward as Kingsley. So I would I would be in it's really tough that's a tough one because if you take James I would be inclined to take James Hill out, which is not necessarily criticism against him. Um I thought he was fine against Hamilton. So Civic as the right centre back. Mm. It's tough though. It's tough. I don't know. I think Shanklin Humphreys is easy because I think they both got to start. Back three. Well, uh, yeah. By the way, before sure. we get emails, before we get emails, because we've done this before, Janelli's suspended. So Humphreys has got to start. Janelli's yeah, that suspended. Makes it, that makes it even though. easier, but I would have started anyway. Yes. <laughs> it, it does. So I obviously, forget, I always forget yes. about that red card at the end because it's almost. No, I know, I know, I know. We've just we've just had five minutes, which we'll keep in because we're human and we, we make mistakes every week. Um, where's the okay. pace coming from now? I can't, I can't suddenly say everything's great. We've got loads of pace when I said we need Janelli in there for pace. So does it mean we're we're slightly more direct? Do you know what I thought was interesting? You wouldn't, maybe you would have heard this. I'm not sure because you were commentating on the Hamilton game. Lawrence Shankland was one of the analysts on BBC Scotland. And he was like, talk us through it. Please, people, stop saying talk us through it. That's the laziest, it's not even a question, talk us through it. Lawrence Shankland said one of the highlights for him was, for the first time in weeks, they actually got crosses into the box. He said, <laughs> when I played, they never do that. But they managed to get crosses into the box. So that's what I hope to see, for whether it's Smith, whether it's... Uh, Cochran or whatever, Humphrey starts because Janelli doesn't. The pace, we can worry about that at a later date. But yes, <laughs> now we know that Janelli is suspended. There's probably going to be lots of you shouting before we got to that saying, dickheads, Josh Janelli's not playing. But we know now. So Humphreys, Shankland, Mackay. Yes? Yep. Goal scorer, score, score sheet, or cool. Um, Humphreys to continue two one hearts. Humphreys, you? Mm, 
I'm going to go 2-0 Hearts. And I said Humphreys against Aki's, but I didn't get the score right. I think I said 3-1 in Humphreys. So, right deficit, right goal scorer. Um, I'm, cha- I'm, I'm changing my front three. Kual, Humphreys, okay. Shankland. We need pace. Kual with Humphreys right up the top and Shankland playing off him just to the left-hand side. That's what I'm doing. There you go. Barry Mackay to come off the bench. 2-1 hearts, Humphreys, and you're going 2-0. Okay. I'll go 2-0 Shankland. Why not? Just to mix it up. Um, Yes. Well, hopefully, hopefully, either of those are correct. Okay. Almost at the end of this week's episode. Before we go... Um, a very quick one. We spoke about going above and beyond uh, to go and see Hearts a few weeks ago. Um, and we didn't get through all the messages that we got. So I just wanted to get another one that we uh, received from Jamie. Now, this is because it's Scottish Cup chat we've had just now. So I thought I'd quickly read this one out. So I got a message from Jamie who said, OK, so above and beyond to go and see Hearts. Uh, in 2012, I was in high school. The Scottish Cup tickets went on sale at 9am on whatever date. And I was actually meant to be in school. Uh, me and about 10 people from Tynecastle stood in the queue waiting for the door to open at 9am when all of a sudden a head teacher confronted us um, and was like, come on guys, it's time to come in. You're 20 minutes late. We all basically just pretended she wasn't there. Eventually, she said, okay, we've got no choice, but if you don't come now, you will be excluded. Whoa. Everyone shit themselves. Uh, now, I'm I'm not a Raj, is what Jamie says, but in my head, I was like, no fucking danger am I leaving this line. Eventually, after five minutes, my mates handed me their money and the reference numbers and basically walked back to school. <laughs> the head teacher was there grilling me, but I did my best to just not look at her and the other fans were sitting there going, way, typical banter. But now her, her voice started to to rise and at this point my straight face started to buckle and I started to laugh I couldn't stop giggling away and I turned around and said listen hearts are my life uh, the longer you stand there the sillier you look I'm no moving so she said don't bother coming back to school then I'm phoning your mum um, what? an hour passed and I eventually got everyone's tickets so I walked over to the school gave everyone their tickets and went to the PE teacher's room to hand hand one of them their tickets as I, was, as I was in the queue for them as well. I told him the head teacher was raging at me and he laughed and said, I know, she made me phone your mum. <laughs> I really bought into that story. That was like you and the cat. It was a good one. Tell- well, that's why I thought I should read it because I know we, yeah, we get a few requests. I can't, I can't always go through them all, but I, I noticed that that's one from Jamie after we'd done it and I thought, I better go back to it. So thank you for sending us that one, Jamie. Uh, maybe you'll be in a similar um, situation with work, maybe to try and get your ticket for this year's Scottish Cup final. Um, I don't know. Maybe you'll have to go through something similar again. But um... oh, I got a message from Lee Bullen, by the way, who says, Air United versus Hearts Scottish Cup final. So there you go. Take it. Le- Definitely take Lee, it. Big Hearts man, now in charge of Air, Pennycook lad. While you were telling that story... Um, I've been reading up about Scooter, a German happy hardcore rave and techno music band founded in Hamburg in 1993. They've sold over 30 million records and they've had 23 top 10 hits. Do you know what my favourite song of Scooter is? How Much Is The Fish? Love that from the 1998 album No Time To Chill. I have actually played that at the end of an episode. I am sure I have. I I have to admit, guilty pleasure. 
I don't mind um, a bit of scooter. German happy hardcore. Yeah, have to say. I've not heard that since Antoine de Corn on on Eurotrash. Well, you'll hear the end of this because it goes it goes with a wonderful new um, Hearts tune. So there we go. Hopefully, we'll be ringing out again from the away end. Is that all it does? Park on Sunday. Stop it, man! Stop it, Grandad! And hopefully, they are singing their way to a. Great Hearts victory in Lanarkshire again. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss whatever the scoreline is. Um, until then, thanks for tuning in.